Good evening, everyone. Oh my, it's a light crowd tonight. Where's everybody? Are they all down at the art fair still? Must be pretty good art, huh? I remember the first reading from Genesis. Uh, uh, we hear of Abram. Abraham uh, uh, is rendering hospitality, which is to this day in that region of the country still very, very valuable and expected. Um, we're told that three strangers come upon him um, suddenly. And uh, what Abraham doesn't know is that he's actually entertaining the Lord God. Now, in Old Testament speak, it would be Yahweh and two companions. In Christian lingo, it is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And uh, you know how your pastor thinks. I thought, how are they eating food? Because <laughs> they're spirit. <laughs> I know. I told my priest friend, he goes, Father, don't. Don't even go there with them. And I said, I know, but that was the meaning I thought of. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, I'm thinking of Jesus who becomes incarnate. That's why I was like, okay. But and then I thought, of course, he said, now you know the Lord God can do whatever he wants. I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. And our second reading, Paul is a minister of the good news calling the Gentiles to salvation. And what we hear about is the suffering that he will undergo really for them. He's suffering for Christ, but he's going to suffer on their behalf also. And as we see uh, in the scene uh, for Martha and Mary, uh, they welcome Jesus. And again, in Jesus' time, hospitality is extremely important. It would be considered really rude, uh, insulting uh, to have someone come to your home and you didn't offer him anything, nothing, uh, so we see this happening as we heard from the first reading. And uh, there's a contrast given between Martha, Martha's activity and Mary's uh, quiet attention and devotion to Jesus. And uh, certainly it is not that what Martha is doing is unimportant. It's very important in their culture. Uh, and it's actually very good. It is just that uh, we are told Mary chooses or is chosen in this moment something more important. And um, in this instance, it's not a choice between uh, bad or good, but between good and better. And um, Mary's priority is to listen to Jesus in this moment. And uh, I say it's a choice between good and better because uh, the scriptures would support what I'm telling you, uh, particularly from Luke 14, 15 through 25, and Matthew 22, 1 through 15, the parable of the great feast or the parable of the wedding feast. And there... Uh, we are told there's an invitation given to the people, and each one of them come up with a reason. I have to bury my father. I have to attend my cow. And neither one of those are bad, right? They're good. But as the parable goes on, it says they didn't come. So go in the street and just drag anybody in from this point. And the idea behind it is it wasn't a choice between bad and good. It was like good and holy or good and the better in that moment. And so I, this is what's happening um, here. And uh, my friends, uh, we have last week the Good Samaritan parable. And uh, I believe what Luke is doing is he's trying to balance. Last week you heard about the Good Samaritan and what he does. And just to remind you, he does so uh, not because he's commanded to do so. He does so because it's under the uh, idea of hased. Has said is a covenant agreement that you will care for someone else. And the Good Samaritan, who have roots are um, 
Hebrew uh, is doing this. I'm bringing this up because I'm, I want to go somewhere a little bit different with Martha and Mary. So you have an idea what's going on here. This is the parable in the uh, first reading is about hospitality. The gospel is also about hospitality and particular reasons. But um, to remind you, I, I know you probably know this, Martha and Mary are sisters and they are the brother of Lazarus. And Lazarus is a dear friend of Jesus. And Martha and Mary are dear friends of Jesus. And they live near Bethany, uh, near Jerusalem. And Jesus knew them very well. And he likely stayed in their home often. And uh, we know that Lazarus is a dear friend. We're told that Jesus loved him. And uh, it's safe to assume that he's also a very disciple. All of them are disciples of this rabbi named Jesus now. And one of the visits our Lord is... Uh, here in their home. And the story comes right out after giving, again, as I said, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke puts this in its place deliberately. Likely today's story happens to guide and balance the teaching about the Good Samaritan who does something. We are told Martha is busy preparing a meal uh, in the house, and Martha is more forward of the two sisters. Uh, she would also be the one at the death of her brother that confronts Jesus. <laughs> if you had been here, <laughs> my brother would not have died. And that's why I say she's kind of forward, but not in a bad way. It's good. It's a good, um, she's a typical Jewish woman. She's getting in the face of, of <laughs> She's concerned in this instance with Jewish hospitality and is conscious of its, the requirements about for her guests and uh, perhaps especially because Jesus is an honored friend, so she's really overwhelmed by it. And nonetheless, our gospel drops a hint that Martha went too far uh, regarding the legitimate concerns of hospitality. Uh, and she entered into the realm of fussiness and uh, notes that she was burdened with many things, is what the scripture tells us. In all likelihood, a simple meal would have been sufficient to fulfill uh, the requirements of hospitality in their culture, especially on this informal occasion. But Martha was not having none of that. All of her fussing and fretting uh, made her cranky. And in my head, I can see her standing between the kitchen and the living space with her hand on her hip. Lord, aren't you going to tell her to get up and get in here and do this job with me? <laughs> Only to have Jesus, <laughs> well, he heard Jesus' response. She interrupts our Lord. Our Lord is, Mary's at his feet, so he's talking to her. So she interrupts the Lord uh, as he's talking to her. Martha seems to scold both of them because she says, don't you care that my sister is letting me do everything while she just sits there? Tell her to help me. <laughs> and the Lord's response. He tells Martha that she is troubled about many things. <laughs> I thought, oh, I don't think you say that to a Jewish woman. <laughs> but it is the Lord God. Uh, and um, he tells her not to be worried about these things and these details, not to be concerned. And there is one thing necessary in this moment is how we would understand it. The better part. And uh, on the other hand, the better part is Mary's only concern is being with Jesus, and our Lord said that it shall not be taken from her. What is the better part, then, in this context? 
So I've been trying to give you the traditional understanding of this passage, which is this gospel says Martha represents activity, ministry, good works. Mary represents prayer and contemplation, and uh, we need both. Uh, and um, However, uh, considering that Luke has given us the parable of the Good Samaritan, and then he follows this story, and I don't know that it was necessarily chronologically correct, but I think he was using it. Uh, he, he knows this is a real event, but he's placing it here. Uh, and we would do well then to look carefully as why did he do this? Um, putting it in its context, um, looking ahead, our Lord is on his way to the holy city, Jerusalem. He will not be returning. This is the hour of the time when he is going to be crucified. He's on his way there. So he's not coming back again this way or their way. So absolutely, this execution is on his heart. His, what he's about to do, he's thinking about it. And given what we know about his time in the Garden of Gethsemane, we can surmise that our Lord is under great duress now. And likely, it is visible that something's wrong, if you will, in their, our opinion. But everything's right by the Lord's opinion, and he's doing what his father said to do. And Martha is so absorbed uh, in that it is distracting, and she hasn't picked up that something's wrong. So this hospitality thing and preparing this big meal is in the way. Neither of these things are likely of great importance to our Lord in this moment, considering where he's going. But Martha is so busy, she does not seem to notice Jesus' emotional condition at the time. Now, I'm taking some liberty here because the scriptures aren't the same, but all I had to do was look, where is he going next? He's on his way to Jerusalem. So, and he knows he's going to die there. I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> But Mary seems to understand. And again, I'm going to take some liberty here. She sits at his feet. She's probably picked up that he is troubled. So she's just going to sit there. We call it ministry of presence. She just sits at his feet. Lord, what do you want to talk about? What's troubling you? What is he saying to her? His words may uh, be gospel-related. It might be some pastoral things. Or they may be words expressing what is about to come to pass. He might be telling her, you know that I'm not coming back here. You know that I'm on my way to die. We're not told. Mary listens to whatever he's going to tell her. And we can presume it is sensitive and uh, she is understanding and compassionate in this moment. This is also a great form of hospitality. She's not serving him food. She's giving him her heart in that moment and her ears. Lord, tell me. Tell me what's going on. What has you troubled? This is the better part. And that's why Jesus says, it will not be taken from her. In this moment, she is being hospitable to me when no one else seems to be figuring it out. 
Mary has chosen the better part now. It is a form of hospitality and attention that Jesus needs in this time. This is considering that the world's Savior, the messenger of God's great love, spoke his words, but his message was on deaf ears. No one understood. No one listened. He called humanity to share in his divine life, but humanity mostly declined. And the Son of God was left standing in isolation. And that will become extremely obvious on Calvary. Mary's example of the great exception to the world's lack of interest. She chooses the better part. She is our model then for listening to the very word of God and for listening to the pain of Jesus of Nazareth in Christ and responding appropriately with all her heart in that moment because that is all that she could do. She could not change what was going to happen, but she could be there in that moment with him. Perhaps it is about knowing what to do and when to do it would be the better understanding. But um, so my friends, um, certainly I, I, I thought, well, when he said that to Mary, he didn't look at her and say, by the way, you won the spiritual lottery. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> she chooses out of love, the very way the Good Samaritan, out of love, chose to help that man in that moment with what he needed. And Mary chose in this moment what the Lord God needed, companionship more than anything else. And she chose properly. You have chosen this evening to be here in this house of prayer, be with your pastor and with, the other, with our other Christian Catholics. Certainly the choice Abraham made was correct. The choice that Martha made was also good. But what Mary chose was correct. And I think you being here tonight is the correct decision also. But what about tomorrow? What about Monday? What about Tuesday? I believe in my heart of hearts that Jesus is holding out that you will choose always the better parts. And you will know when to do that. And sometimes it is not that hard and other times it is very hard. But perhaps spending time in the morning before you get on social media, spend some time with him. You can listen to him, or you can choose to talk to him, <laughs> as Martha did. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> you know my day is hard today. <laughs> Are you going to send anybody to help me? <laughs> and that would be okay. Perhaps it's just taking one of the Psalms and reading it. And uh, could be praying just a decade of the rosary, uh, the five-decade rosary is too long for you. Jesus wants you and I to always to choose the better part in the moment, to be with him, in other words, and to give him the very best that we have, which is our hearts. Today, this Mass, by way of Holy Eucharist, Jesus will come to each one of you, individually, in this sacrament, imparting his very best to you, his divine life. 
After this happens, I would hope that each of you would return to your pew and think about it. And then commit yourselves to him, always choosing the better part. My priest friend's going to listen to my homily, even though it's long. He's the one who says, oh, 20 minutes is too long. I can't listen that long. But he wanted to hear how I was going to approach the scriptures because he told me what he was going to do was the classic one. So I always look for something that's maybe new and different in it, uh, but something that you would relate to immediately to make the very word of God, which is living, all that much more living to you. And so I hope you'll... I've taken some little, little bit of liberties by adding in and, of course, throwing in my quirky sense of humor uh, about the scriptures. <laughs> but it helps me to remember always uh, this passage and the way we did it. So I hope you'll uh, pray about it, take a look at it, and see, and let uh, the words of God fall on you, but perhaps my interpretation of the event that happened uh, fall on your heart to move you to choose. <laughs>